Welcome into Inside the Den, your look inside Lee's McRae Athletics. Inside the Den is produced for the sole purpose of keeping Bobcat fans in the know and can be found on our website, lmcbobcats.com, or on SoundCloud. Just search Lee's McRae Athletics. Now, here's your host, Tim Hall. Welcome back, Bobcat fans, to Inside the Den. Today's episode is a little unique and special, one that I think everyone can benefit from. Today we have Marla Gentile. Marla is the Director of Counseling here at Lees McRae College, and if you remember, she was on Inside the Den back in episode number 10, and at that time talked a lot about things to think about and do as we were going through the early stages of the pandemic. And here we are about to wrap up 2020 and going into the holiday season, I set up a meeting with Marla, with my team, the cycling team, for her to talk about balance and self-care as athletes. And as we went into this session I had a feeling that Marla would talk about things that would benefit everyone. And so I decided to record this Zoom session we had and turn it into a podcast. And I'm glad I did because Marla gave a lot of wonderful insight and guidance on how to properly balance and take care of oneself. And this is something I know my team will benefit from I believe everyone out there can, whether you are an athlete, a coach, a leader, or a parent, or anything under the sun, you can benefit from this discussion. She talks about the wellness wheel. And on this wheel, she didn't say it this way, but there's eight components. I I like to call them eight spokes. Eight spokes on that wheel in these different areas of our lives for us to focus and concentrate on. She gave some great tips and suggestions on what we can do to create that balance so that we are taking care of ourselves as best as we can. You know, as coaches, as athletes, we strive to set ourselves up for success, and it isn't all about the actual work that we do on the bike or on the court or on the field. It's a lot of things off the bike and off the court in our daily habits and routines that will feed into our success. And that's what this conversation was all about. So sit back and enjoy the ideas and recommendations of Marla Gentile of Lees McRae College. All right, today we have Marla Gentile. Marla is the Director of Counseling at Lees McRae College. Marla, thank you for being here today and talking to our team. Thank you. Well, today Marla is going to talk about uh, balance as a college athlete and self-care, which uh, those two things go hand in hand. And Marla, I'm just going to open up the floor for you to uh, share your thoughts and ideas on how to do those things well. Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, first, I want to just tell you guys a little bit about myself. So I have been a therapist, um, a psychotherapist for about 35 years. 
And at one point um, in my work, I decided to take a little bit of a break and go back to school. And I became a personal trainer. And I did that for about 15 years. And at that time, I also started, well, I was a big runner at that time, actually ran five marathons. Um, and then started having some issues with my knee and needed to look for something else. So I started cycling and really got into cycling and carried that through to the time that I moved up here. So I have cycled all these mountains here and I know how challenging that is. Um, I did blood, sweat and gears a few times. I've done a few century rides. Um, I haven't been quite so active with my bike, <clears throat> in the past couple of years, but this summer I am planning on getting back on it. So I taught spinning for many, many years and have a spinning bike in my home. So that is something that I continue to do. So I know, you know what it feels like to, um, to feel that strong sense of competition and to, train until you just can't even move anymore. And I learned the hard way that if I didn't put some balance in my life when I was training, that I would not only get really burnt out, but I would somehow create injury for myself, which is kind of why I had that issue with my knee, um, because I overtrained all the time. So I want to talk to you about creating balance and self-care. I know, um, although I wasn't a college athlete, from seeing college athletes in my practice here at Lee's McRae, I know how hard it is for you to create balance in your life. Because in many ways, cycling is your number one priority. So, I mean, we're going to be honest about that and, and know that academics is probably not the number one, even though you are here in college. So, of course, academics has to play a part in that creating balance, but there's other things that need to play a part as well. So, one of the things that I do here in the counseling center is I not only do counseling with people, but I do wellness coaching as well. And so we talk about the concept of wellness, and that's really important in terms of being an athlete, because wellness is not just a psychological issue or a physical issue, but it has a lot of different components to it. And we have something called the wellness wheel, and that encompasses really every part of our being, every part of our living experience. So we talk about physical wellness, we talk about emotional wellness, we talk about spiritual wellness, intellectual wellness, environmental wellness, social wellness, occupational wellness, and financial wellness. I know that sounds really overwhelming, so I'm going to break it down for you a little bit. And we're going to forget about the financial wellness part, because being in college, Probably a lot of you do not feel very financially well at this time, but we're hoping that in the future that will be a big component of your wellness. By the way, if you have any questions for me, just you know, let me know, unmute, and um, I'm open to any questions that you might have. So let's talk about physical wellness first. So 
you guys are all training and riding. Okay. So we don't even have to talk about exercise. Usually when I talk, um, oh, that's good. Okay. The chat, I forgot about the chat. <laughs> so usually um, when I talk about wellness, to people who aren't athletes, I put a lot of emphasis on exercise, but we, we don't have to do that with you guys because you're already doing that. Okay. So I'm sure that you've got a, besides cycling, that you've got a, another part of the exercise plan that either you do with Tim or some other coaches that you might have. However, exercise is not the only component in physical wellness. Okay. There's some other things that go along with that. One is nutrition. And this is a really important topic because for a lot of athletes and particularly female athletes, nutrition is a huge deal because a lot of female athletes start to restrict okay or if they're not restricting they still are not eating enough okay they start to feel like they're looking really good they're working off a lot of calories and they a lot of um, female athletes develop um, really dysfunctional relationships with food so I want you to just really keep that in mind. You guys know who you are that have those dysfunctional relationships with food. The amount of work that you put into your athleticism, if that's a word, um, can really create problems for you if you are not eating properly. And if you feel like that's something that you can't control or get on top of, that's the time that you really need to come in and talk to me. Okay. I will. I will. Um, I don't know exactly what your food plans are. I would imagine that um, that's part of your training and coaching. And if you have any issues trying to figure that out, I'm sure you can talk to Tim about that. You can talk to Sally Wimmerly about that. There's people here um, at the college that you can talk to about that. If you might, yeah, we do uh, speak to that quite a bit. My assistant coach, Zach Gregg, is on the call here as well, and we do discuss nutrition. Uh, neither he nor I are RDAs, but, uh, yes, we do have Sally. We have one of our recent graduates who is a, is an RDA and focuses on sports nutrition, and she's helped out and presented to us. And we do discuss an awful lot about uh, the importance of nutrition, and I think from our experience, it's, it's as equally is important to the guys their relationship to food and and uh and and if you want to call it dieting or just eating properly to take care of yourself uh as well as prepare yourself for what work right. you have ahead of you and it's all about recovering and then doing the work and feeding yourself during the exercise that you're doing which is something that we talk an awful lot about is how to how to consume calories during the training and recovering afterward. And, and so it's an important topic for us indeed. Good because it's fuel, food is fuel. And, um, and it's definitely an issue amongst athletes. So I'm, I'm glad that you addressed that. And like I said, if there are any issues with that, or Tim, if you suspect any issues with any of your athletes, um, you know, please connect with me. Okay. Um, the other part of physical wellness that is really important is sleep. And being a college student, um, that is sleep is a really, really difficult um, 
thing to get because you're studying, you're socializing, you're maybe anxious about a meet. Um, I cannot even emphasize how important sleep is, okay? So I wanna talk a little bit about sleep hygiene. And there is actually such a thing as sleep hygiene. Sleep is a really big part of self-care. So you need to go back, what looks like a lot of you are actually in your rooms. You need to look around your room, okay? Is that room comfortable for you? Is your bed comfortable? Is your pillow comfortable? Is your comforter comfortable? Is the temperature comfortable? Is the lighting comfortable? Is it a place where you feel like you're just ready to fall asleep in a wonderful way? Okay, and it's really important environmentally what that room looks like and what it feels like. It's also important if you can, and sometimes it's really difficult for college students to do this, but to develop kind of a routine so that you go to sleep and wake up hopefully around the same time every day, and you know this is the time that I go to sleep. This is the time that I wake up. It's good to kind of create a routine before you go to bed so that there's a few things that you might do, like maybe um, maybe some of you take a shower before you go to bed, or maybe some of you read before you go to bed, or some of you may say a prayer. Whatever that is, it's you're giving your body and your brain signals I'm doing these things so it's time to go to sleep. And that's important because we reinforce through routine, okay? So if you can come up with something that you do every night, um, you know, I play words with friends every night before I go to bed. That's probably not a good thing to do because you should limit your screen time at night before you go to bed, but I know it's time I'm going to bed. Okay, that's what I do. It's the only time I do it, and that's kind of my signal to myself. Sleep, I can't even emphasize how important it is and how many students I see that are having difficulty sleeping. If you're having difficulty sleeping, there are some apps that you could load on your phone that you could listen to. One is the Calm app. One is Headspace. One is Oak. All of those have... Um, some sleep meditations and some of them are long and some of them are short and I would suggest that if you have trouble sleeping at night that you try some of those meditations you know try like different ones and see if any of them work well for you I have had clients come back and tell me that that's been really the answer for them. So I think that that is a really good thing to try. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about meditation in a few minutes, but the other option is to maybe try to meditate before you go to bed at night as well. Um, just make sure that you have that routine down, that you've got that time element of this is when I go to sleep, this is when I wake up. And that's not always going to work for you because there's things that get in the way of that routine, but to try the best that you can. So that would be your physical wellness. And then as far as emotional wellness, that's going to be different for all of you. It's going to depend on what works for you. Okay. Some your stress is a big deal as a college athlete. You have so much on your plate. You've got to perform, you've got to train, you've got to be at places at a certain time. And then on top of that, you have your classes, 
you know, you have finals and midterms and classes and, and then, you know, maybe some of you have some family issues or relationship issues. There's so much that comes into play that sometimes it feels very overwhelming. And I'm sure most of you know what I mean when I say that to stress sometimes becomes overwhelming. And so there's got to be outlets for that. And for many of you, you know, riding your bike and cycling is an outlet, okay? It was an, definitely an outlet for me, but sometimes that outlet be, adds to the stress a little bit because you're training and you're competing and you've got to do a certain amount of it and it's got to be a certain way. And so sometimes that outlet becomes stressful. So when you have days off, you know, one suggestion that I would have, and those might be kind of days that you might do recovery rides, but just also, you know, use your bike on those days to enjoy your rides. Try to put some enjoyment into that, really kind of relax with it. But other things that you can do for emotional wellness is maybe cross train a little bit. Like on a day off, take a walk. And don't make it a competitive walk. Make it a relaxing walk through the woods or someplace pretty by a lake, you know, wherever you happen to live. That's a really, really great way to release stress. And for those of us who like to do physical things, it's a way that you can do something physical, but at the same time, it's not competitive. Hey, I, okay. I have something I would like to for you to speak on and maybe emphasize is one of the things that Coach Zach and I run into a lot, back to your recovery days and taking it easy and, and really having a moment of leisure is what you're describing. Oftentimes, we struggle with having our uh, team members to to actually do that when the moment calls for it. They love to push themselves even on days when they're off the bike. And maybe there's moments for that to do that when training stress is low, but when training stress is, is growing and is higher, those easy days need to be incredibly easy for you to help with your recovery, not just physically and mentally, but maybe speak to that a little bit, how important that is and not to just go hard again on an easy day. Yeah, it's really hard to do that. I mean, I remember when I was training for marathons, which was my big thing was really running. I, you know, I would say, okay, today's a recovery day. I'm only going to run three miles and I'm just going to kind of keep my pace really slow. And I might even put some walks in there. And then I would get out there and it would be like, no, I got to run fast. I got to run further. I got, it's hard to do that because we're kind of wired that way. However, what we need to remember is a few things, okay? If we do that, we're doing a big disservice to our body. And that disservice to our body is not going to help us in our performance. It's going to hurt us in our performance, and it's going to create more of a possibility of injury. So we have to really keep that in mind when we do that recovery day or that we do that leisure ride that this is not, the purpose of this day is not to train. The purpose of this day is to allow your body to kind of heal. And if you know anything about exercise science, okay, there are days when, you know, you work out with weights really hard, but then you have to let that part of your body on the, you know, have that rest so that those muscles 
you know, kind of heal from those little teeny tears that they have during training. It's the same kind of thought of, okay, so I worked really hard. My body really put everything into it. Now I've got to give it kind of a rest. So if you want to be a better athlete, if you want to perform better, that's part of your training to have those days of recovery and healing. Okay. It, and if everyone understands me, I just want you to shake your head so I can see. Okay. So you need to, it's talking to yourself. It's getting out there and really, really talking to yourself. Okay. How much do I care about myself? How much do I care about my sport? Okay. I'm going to do this the way I'm supposed to do it today. So, and, you know, and for your emotional wellness, it's important to do that too, because those are the days you want to teach yourself to relax, to teach yourself to bring it down, okay? You know, I could never do yoga because I was wired to only do something that was aerobic, that I would be moving, that I would be breathing, that I would be breathing hard. And I, I used to try to do yoga because I read an article that if you do yoga on a regular basis, it really helps you with your cycling and your running because you're, you're stretching a lot and you're using balance techniques and all these things will contribute to your sport. So I used to try to do it. And I would sit there and think, what is the point of this? Okay, <laughs> Why am I just sitting here? I'm not moving. What is the point of this? Well, I made myself continue to do it because I read that it was a good thing to do and I wanted to increase my speed. And, and I, you know, I teach yoga now because it's really important for us to be able to have that time when we slow down, okay, that we're present with ourselves Learning how to be present and mindful is going to increase your performance because it's going to create a situation where you really learn how to be one with your bike, okay? How to be in that moment when you're cycling and riding and you're one with your bike. So one of the things, the things that I strongly suggest for emotional wellness is to learn how to be mindful and one, a couple of ways to do that is one is to do yoga. Even if you just do it once a week, it's going to teach you how to be present and to learn how to meditate. Now, when I first learned how to meditate, I learned from somebody who um, was a kind of TA person and they, a TM person, I'm sorry. And they said, well, you have to meditate 20 minutes, you know, twice a day. Well, I don't have the time to do that, okay? That is something that is way out of my realm of experience now. But what I've learned through the years is that you can meditate once a day for 10 minutes, and you're going to get a really good result, okay? So it's not a long time, and I am happy to offer a one-time or two-time or three-time meditation class for you individually or I can come to your team um, to help you learn how to do that but you can also use some of those apps that I mentioned you know that you can put on your phone and they'll teach you how to meditate calm oak headspace there's a million of them okay so just go online and look for them it's really really important it will help you to relieve your stress it will help you to 
cut down on your worrying because it'll help you to learn how to stay in the moment. Okay. It'll help your performance athletically. It'll be healthier for you physically because you're when you meditate, you're lowering your blood pressure a little bit. You're lowering your heart rate a little bit. You're lowering the rate of your breath a little bit. And those might not seem like big things to you because you're so young, but they are big things because you're going to train your body to have a relaxation response. You're bringing, so, you're bringing up some great points. And I, and I think one of the things we as coaches we run into is, and I'm sure as you see in your practice, is that, you know, you just described how difficult it was for you to begin to do those things. You know, you saw yourself as one way and how could this methodology help me at all? And you've learned, wow it does make a difference and uh but i think you know as you say that uh you gave many examples of how each person can choose something that works for them you know uh there's at least one of those practices whether it's uh stretching meditating maybe it's breath work uh breath work yeah and and i think the yoga component uh you know it, it can be hugely valuable if you want to call it yoga, you want to call it stretching. It can be incorporated into your sleep hygiene. There's lots of ways to do that because I think right now these young people and us adults as well, we're all a little bit stuck in this living in suspense all the time, especially nowadays with the things that are happening around us. And we're all in need of reducing that anxiousness that we have, uh, just living a normal life forget about being an athlete or a coach because we need that calm to help mm -hmm. us be a better performer as an athlete and student yeah you know i just a little disclosure here on my part but i in my early you know um in my late teens in my early 20s i suffered from a lot of anxiety and so, I mean, that's how I got into running. I ran for like 30 years, okay? I became, you know, I started running to try to reduce stress. And, but I did suffer from a lot of anxiety and some panic attacks. And you know, I had a lot of different things growing up that I'm sure a lot of you have had similar situations where, you know, you've had some trauma or family issues. And once I started practicing yoga, deep breathing, mindfulness, I have to tell you that the sense of calm that I've had for the past maybe like 15 years is just amazing to me. I can't even identify with that person from before. And not that I don't ever get nervous about something normal or but my body temperature is much lower in terms of stress, okay? So I can't emphasize to you, and some of you, you know, you may not want to meditate, but maybe you could learn to practice some deep breathing or, you know, um, maybe guided imagery or, you know, or just taking a hot bat bath and just kind of soaking in it, whatever's going to work for you. But I'd be happy to help any of you try to figure that out. Okay. You know, the other thing in terms of um, emotional wellness is to talk about your issues. And sometimes as athletes, people have a hard time doing that because you're supposed to be like kind of, you know, tough. Okay. And it's hard to admit that you may have problems. You know, you may have problems with 
your relationship or your family or just your relationship with yourself, you know, or, or just feelings of overwhelming stress. So, you know, there's a lot of ways that, that you can alleviate that with people. Okay. You can come to therapy and talk about it. You can go to a spiritual advisor, your, you know, minister or a priest or whoever it is that you would go to or a friend that you trust. But at some point, if it becomes way too overwhelming for you, you may choose to come to the counseling center. And just so you know, the counseling center, we have three therapists here. Um, We have me and then I have a part-time male therapist. um, And there's an intern here who is a female. And actually my part-time male therapist, I don't know if some of you might have gone to him or know him, but um, I've been sending a lot of the male athletes to him if I think that they're not going to connect with me. Um, So just be aware that there's choices here that, you know, it's not just me in this office, okay? Some of you might think, well, I don't really want to talk to her. She's, you know, a woman. She's not going to, I'm not going to feel comfortable. She's a little bit older. Well, the intern is young <laughs> and John is a guy. And some of, you know, I mean, I most of my clients feel pretty comfortable with me, but there's choices that you can have here. Uh, we want you, our goal here is to help you to feel as safe and comfortable in therapy as possible. So that is an option for you. Some other things just um, to help you with emotional wellness, journaling is, is a good thing, you know, writing out your feelings. If you have any artistic ability, um, doing art to release some of your emotions is a good thing. Believe it or not, Dancing is a great thing, okay? And right now you can't go out to bars dancing, but you can do it in your house. (laughs) So there's a lot of different ways to kind of just get it out. This is a very unusual time. It's difficult for all of us. We don't have the connections that we had before. We're not allowed to go into somebody's residence hall room. You know, we can't be very close to each other. That's, you know, difficult. Even in my counseling office, many times I will Zoom with my clients. So we don't have the intimacy that we had before. And we don't know when this is going to end. And some of us are kind of afraid, you know, for maybe our grandparents or different people that we're close with. It's a, it adds a lot more stress onto just every day for all of us. So, you know, keep in mind when you're trying to figure out, well, why do I feel so stressed right now? Well, there's a lot of differences. It's weird. It's a weird time, you know. This is the first year for me, I think, ever that I'm not going to be with my kids on Christmas. And that's just so weird, okay? You know, you guys, most of you are home. My kids live, um, you know, different parts of the country we've always been together and um usually i go to california well right now i don't really want to get on a plane you know so and they don't want to get on a plane either (laughs) so we're kind of in a stuck space so we might zoom or do something but it's just a very weird time for all of us you know and one of the things i want to piggyback off what you just said uh before all of the 
uh, athletes left for uh, the Thanksgiving break, knowing they're going to be gone for roughly two months. You know, Coach Zach and I spoke together an awful lot about uh, our our concern of getting to a point where we're disconnected. We don't want to feel disconnected with the athletes, uh, with us and them, and between themselves. And so we, we have a pretty heavy Zoom schedule uh, these two months, and it's really just because of that. And we're talking about important things in those meetings, but it was more because we knew we cannot afford, I can't afford it. I don't want to be disconnected from Zach or from the team members for two whole months and that we need to come together, even if it's just us talking. The other night we had a social and we didn't have that many people on the call, but the few of us that were on that call, I'd say we'll tell you they had a great conversation. It was just good to see their teammates and just how important it is that we're going to have to maybe take that extra step to do these things. And then when we're in that moment, open up because bottling up our thoughts and emotions and feelings is not going to help us at all right now. No. And, you know, one of the things that I was worried about when you all went home was people going back to family situations that are not so great. And, you know, I know that that's some of you and that's really, really hard. And that's why we never saw clients before on holiday breaks. We never saw clients before in the summer. Once people left, you know, they would wait until they came back to come to the counseling center. Well, we are seeing all of our students virtually now over holidays, over the summer, because we know that there are issues that come up. You're, you're home way longer than you're used to. And some of you, that's great. And you couldn't wait to go home. And some of you really, really did not want to go home. So, you know, we're available because uh, we know that. You know, one of the things that, that I told a lot of the students this year or like during like in March and April when we were really stuck in the house was FaceTime and Zoom as much as you can. Okay. You know, we all text, but we're not having that contact when we text. And it's really important. I actually, I FaceTime with my kids like almost every day. It's for me. It's not for them. <laughs> I'm probably making them crazy, <laughs> but you know, they don't need to see me every day, but I need to see them every day. And texting was just not doing it for me. So, you know, that's something that is a really good thing to do to stay connected because in order to have that emotional wellness, we need to be connected to other people. So I think that that's great that your team is doing that. And I think that's really important. And I hope all the teams are doing that. Um, so let's move on to spiritual wellness. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. And when I say spiritual wellness, I don't necessarily mean religious. Okay. Because, you know, we all have different um, religious beliefs. Some of us are atheists. Some of us, you know, don't believe in a higher power. Some of us are very religious. So you're all going to be in a different place with that. So spiritual doesn't necessarily mean religious. It could mean being connected to the earth. It could be, you know, mean being connected to something outside of a religious quality. So, but there is an importance in terms of wellness to be connected to something outside of yourself that you feel is kind of higher than you. So, um, 
that is just, you know, something that a lot of times people explore. They go maybe on a spiritual journey trying to figure out what that is. But there's got to be some little sense of that. Intellectual wellness, you're probably all getting enough of that because you're in college. Um, but that should be something that carries you through your lifetime, you know, maybe to read a little bit or watch some intelligent TV shows or, um, you know, just to kind of think a lot, think a lot and deepen, you know, your intellectual abilities. So that's an important slice. Environmental wellness really has a few different meanings. It means your own personal environment. Okay, like we talked about your room. Everything, you know, as you get older, you have your own apartment. You're going to want that apartment to be a place where you feel safe and happy and calm. Okay. So right now you don't have, most of you don't have your own place, but you know, your residence hall room should be like that. Your room in your home should be like that. When you walk into it, the minute you walk into it, um, you want to have a sense of calm. Okay, so when you do have an apartment or you do have a house later on, you even want your entryway to be a sense of this is a safe place. This is where I want to go. I can't wait to go in this place. It's my place. So environmentally, I mean, I set my office up in a way that I feel like, oh, yay, I can't wait to go to my office. I love my office. Okay. Your car should even be like that. You know, the messier your car is, the more you're going to feel confused and out of control. So your car needs to be a certain way. I think one of the things maybe to correlate what you're saying is, you know, us cyclists, uh, we look forward to getting on our bikes. Like that's something we look forward to our bicycle. We wouldn't look forward to someone else's bicycle necessarily. We would look forward to our bicycle mm -hmm. and how that, that simple little thing can bring you joy, but you can take that same approach and mindset and apply it to so many different areas of your life to where you, as you just said, you look forward to that thing uh, and it's part of your routine and how that can bring some calm and some joy into your life. It makes complete sense. Yeah, I used to say, I love my bike. I want to sleep with my bike. <laughs> I used to say, and I had, I actually, my last bike, because I've had several bikes, which I'm sure you all have, um, some, a, a lot of my friends got together and bought it for me. And um, they put a ribbon on it. And I never took the ribbon off. It was like such a special thing. I still have the ribbon on my bike. I've had my bike now for like probably like eight years. Um, it was a step up from the bike that I was, you know, riding. It was like the next step up and I really wanted it. And for my, I had a big birthday and um, I never took the ribbon off. It's still on there, but um, just think about it, creating that environment. Like if you would take a leisurely ride, that one that you really need to take, take it in a place you love, you know, take it in a place you really like. There are places I would ride my bike that I hated, but that I would have to ride because they were part of like what I was training for. So if I was training for blood, sweat and gears, and I had to do those horrible hills and valley cruises, I would do that. But if I was just taking a leisurely ride, you know, I would, or like 
one I really hate is Shoals Mill Road, okay? But we would do that to train. But if we were taking a leisurely ride, we would take that ride by the duck pond. You know, what is that um, that road called again? Oh, you're talking about Hickory Nut Gap. Yeah, that's, I love Hickory Nut that's Gap. That's definitely a team favorite for the easy day. Yeah, so like that would be kind of my, oh, let's, you know, have a leisurely ride and, and do Hickory Nut Gap. You know, so... I mean, that's part of it, putting in your environment, you know, what feels good for you. The other thing is environmentally in terms of the world, you know, part of our wellness, our environmental wellness is to try to care for the world. So, you know, to somehow do your part in being environmental. Social wellness is a big piece too, and that is, you know, what you what you did the other night when you went on and just kind of had a social night, okay? It's important to have connection with people, not just as your teammates, but as your friends, okay? And it's hard to do that with COVID. It's harder to do. You know, I have clients that come in and they're very lonely. They just got here. They don't know anybody or they haven't been able to make friends. And I try to encourage them maybe to go to certain, you know, events. And I know you guys don't have a lot of time to do that. I really like when the athletes break out of that mold and go to one event a month on campus with different people that you never met before. And we're still doing events. We're just trying to do, you know, spacing people apart. And um, I think that that's important to maybe just have a few friends that aren't, athletes. My daughter was a theater major and she was in, um, she went to the University of Miami. She has a BFA. And so all her friends were theater people. They never broke out of that mold. And she kind of like wanted to. So when she moved out of the residence hall, because you're you know allowed to do that there in like her junior year, and she lived in a house with three volleyball players. So it was kind of good for all of them because the volleyball players got to be with someone a little bit different and she got to be with a little, someone a little bit different. So, you know, think about branching out a little bit socially. So I think it's really important. We have to have people in order to be, have that sense of holistic wellness. Okay? You know, I, I think what, what you're describing too is, you know, as people, we fall into the trap of, getting inside our own little echo chamber of thoughts and ideology and all of that. But it's as equally important to, as you said, surround yourself with people not like you who do have other different interests, different backgrounds, and to step outside of uh, your comfort zone, so to speak, and be surrounded by other people who are involved in different things and how it will just being away from your own thing for a little while or you helping someone else get away from their thing mentally it's good to break away from the thing that you pursue 100 percent. exactly you know do something you know i'm very cerebral which means i'm very like intellectual i mean and i don't mean that because i'm not that smart okay but i like to read things about psychology and really immerse myself well, when I go on vacation, like if I go to a different place, I don't allow myself to do that. I just went to see, I actually just drove to like a little bit of a road trip and I met my other daughter from New York somewhere. 
And we just watched reality TV the whole time. And I had never done that before. That is so out of my scope of reference. (laughs) And I watched some crazy shows and I just really got into it. It was kind of mindless, but it was very relaxing. So I watched this show called um, 90 Day Fiance. Anybody know that? If you do, (laughs) Zach is laughing. (laughs) I, I have not heard that, but I uh, that's in line with some other uh, funny shows that we have come across. And uh, yeah, the, the team, people on the team uh, get into that thing and we get a kick yeah, out of it. Yeah, but it's good to do that sometimes to just take yourself away from like your own life and, you know, re- look at something that's ridiculous, just ridiculous, you know. Well, even going back to what you said a minute ago about intellectual uh, wellness. I think back to my own college years and you can have that intellectual pursuit as you were just kind of talking about where you're submersing yourself into something that's, that's different than what you normally would do. And I've learned, maybe you could speak to this is it's important that you're doing it on your own time and it's your choice, but it's fun. You're, you, you make it fun and it's light and it's not so serious as it is on the other side of your life, how important that can be. Right. Well, I, th- I, I'm a big proponent of fun. Okay. I think people need to have safe, healthy fun because I think that we take everything really seriously and it's important to have just to do things that are fun, you know, with your friends. And I mean, I, I think that's really, really, really important. I mean, for me, a lot of that fun has to do with music. I'm really upset that there's no more concerts right now. You know, that for me was a big source of fun. But one thing that you, a couple of things that you said, I just want to kind of piggyback on. One was um, doing things for other people. Okay. And I forgot when we were talking about spiritual wellness, that that's a component about spiritual wellness to try to get involved with things that help others. You know, um, if you don't have a lot of time to get involved in social action programs or charities, just make it a a point every day to just do something for nice for somebody. You know, it's important to have this sense of wellness to know that you're giving back. Okay, so I think that's a really important point I just want to bring up. But getting back to the um, into what you were just saying about the intellectual wellness, you know, maybe something else interests you that's outside of school. Like when I was in college, I found myself getting very interested in a lot of different religions like Buddhism, things I knew nothing about that were just way out of my experiences. And I just started reading about some of that just to, you know, learn a little bit more about other people in the world and their beliefs. And it was actually kind of fun to me to just, you know, do something that wasn't from a class that I was taking or, you know, um, something I had to do, but something that I was interested in. So the next piece is occupational wellness. Right now your occupation is a student and a cyclist, okay? When you get older, you'll have a career. You have to be happy in your career, okay? I know so many people that just work in a job because it was something that was in their family or their family expected them to be a doctor, a lawyer, whatever, or they just kind of got a job because it was available, but they hate it. 
and they hate going to work every single day. And that is not a sense of wellness. Really, honestly, most of the time, you should go into your occupation and you should be happy to be there. It should be joyful to you to be there. I'm not saying that every once in a while I come to work and I'm, you know, I'm having an exhausting day and I'm not that crazy about being there. That Here that happens. But in general, I would say 90% of the time I come to work and I feel really happy to be here. And that's going to help me be healthy and it's going to help me be happy and it's going to have me feel like I have a sense of purpose Okay, so all those things are really important. So just keep that in mind as you, in your college career, decide, make decisions about where you want to go from here. It's got to be the place, the thing that you want to do. Not what everyone else or your family is telling you to do. What you truly want to do and that you think is going to make you happy. And if you go into a job and it's not making you happy, don't stay, you know, I, I think that people now have, I think, three careers, an average of three careers. I've been lucky. I've only had two. But, you know, there's a lot of people that have more. And people now expect, and this is kind of crazy because when I grew up, this wasn't, you know, you got a job, you stayed in that job. People expect people to leave now because it's just the way it is, okay? If you're not having a sense of fulfillment, if you know you could do better, if you know you could be happy, and it's not about the money, it's not about the prestige, it's about being happy and feeling a sense of contentment. Well, you know, right so now, we, uh, to, sorry to interrupt you there, but just to give them some perspective, I'm on my fourth. I'm on my fourth career. And uh, I'm also aware that there's a good chance it's not my last. You know, I'm, I'm not done yet doing the things that I hope to do. And it may or may not include coaching. Uh, and so I'm open to something, as you just said, that's going to make my life better and more rewarding. Uh, I've learned over the years that it, when that door opens up to walk through it. Yeah, definitely. And just on that note, there's going to be doors that close. I have learned in my long life <laughs> that when doors close, it is totally true that doors open. Okay. They open. And sometimes that next door is a lot better than that one you just left. So, you know, keep that in mind um, because, you know, I know from my experiences in life that sometimes I would lose a job or leave a job and just be so unhappy. What's going to happen next? You know, things happen. Okay. As long as you keep that positive attitude, you know, and that, you know, that's part of emotional wellness too, to have that positive self-talk, to just kind of feed yourself with affirmations and positive statements and, you know, those, that's really important too. So I'm going to be doing this year um, the wellness tip of the week, <laughs> okay? Um, it's going to be on Instagram. So just a couple of things before we end um, that I just want to let you know. Counseling Center is open every day. Um, if you need a late appointment, we'll accommodate you. If you need a really early in the morning appointment, we'll accommodate you. We are here to help you, okay? Um, I am going to be teaching a 7 o'clock in the morning 
yoga class on Tuesdays and a 4.30 yoga class on Thursdays. I am specifically making that seven o'clock in the morning class for athletes because I know that they train really early and some of the teams have told me, we'll see if they really do this, that they will use that one day as a training time. Okay. So I just want to let you know, it's really early. I'm coming here really early. I'm not such a great morning person because I want to help, you know, some of the athletes learn some yoga. So that's available. And then the 4.30 on Thursday. I'm also available if anybody wants to just make an appointment to learn how to meditate or deep breathe. It doesn't have to be therapy. Okay. You can come in and learn some of those other tools as well. Um, look on the den for wellness workshops um, that you know I'm trying to do throughout the next semester and I am also just you know so you know Tim I'm available to come to talk to your team in terms you know when you finally get back together um, I can do you know a meditation class a yoga class a stress management um, last year I did um, a mindfulness series with um, soccer, with women's soccer. Um, so, you know, anything that you feel like you might need, you know, we can come down there and, and help you with that. Are there any questions? No. Well, okay, as, well. Uh, as maybe some of them are thinking of a question or two. Uh, yeah, I want to Email me if you have a question, too. You can just email me. Yeah, and there may be some topics that you don't want to speak out loud in front of a group. Uh, that's A-OK. I think as you're talking, what really jumps out to me, and, uh, you know, this is a, a topic Coach Zach and I speak a lot about is, you know, we have a lot of very self-motivated, ambitious individuals on the team, and they don't have a problem getting on their bike and training and doing that extra work that they need to do to be successful. But we emphasize how that's just one piece of the puzzle. You know, the physical side of preparation is one piece and that to uh, to have the success that they wish to have one day in the future. You got to combine the whole mind, body and spirit together in order to really, you know, reach your potential, uh, overachieve, dare I say, and get to that point. And that just that physical side of it won't take you there at our level. It might have worked before. Uh, but now that the stakes are a little higher, the competition level is higher, and we're going into events that are tougher uh, uh, to compete in, and that you've got to combine all these elements, and they're all working together. If they are, you have a shot. And if one or two of those things are out of whack, out of balance, it's going to make life a lot more difficult when you're doing that thing you love to do. It's so true. The mind-body-spirit connection is so big. You know, sometimes when, like, when I would run, and I did this when I was cycling, too. If I was going up a really big hill and it was just unbearable, I would meditate while I was cycling. <laughs> I would meditate on numbers, okay? It would just be like one, two, three, four, one, two, three. And just being able to focus on that would take away the discomfort that I was feeling, and so, I mean, there's a lot of different ways that these tools and techniques can really help you. 
So I really appreciate you um, having me talk today. And um, you guys are awesome. I think you're amazing. I'm just so proud of our cycling people here. And, you know, we're, we're like, you know, one of the few colleges that has a team like this. And I just think it's it's great. You're following your dream. And that's something that I think is one of the most important things in life. Never let go of your dream. Well, Marla, that's a great uh, way to end the presentation. Uh, we appreciate you being with us today to share your thoughts and ideas. And uh, there's a lot of takeaways. And I know that each person can uh, take what they need from this discussion and apply to their life and, and be better, be well, and uh, take care of themselves a little better. So thank you for being with us today. Thank you. To listen to this episode again or to find previous episodes, go to our website, lmcbombcats.com, or find us on SoundCloud by searching Lees McRae Athletics. And as always, go Bobcats.